0: Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So you knew it was finally going to happen at some point, right? Hey, everyone, I'm Hunter Hodes of the Locked On Penguins podcast, you can follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. You can follow the show's Twitter at LO. Arsworth Penguins, Pittsburgh comes off their first regulation loss in the sixth game of the season. They are now 3-1-2. and, one and two. Well, 3-3 three three overall, but they have the two overtime losses. Eight points out of 12 thus far. And honestly, I don't really think the team played that bad tonight. I mean, it, it, the numbers kind of reflect it, to be honest. I mean, each team had 50% of the shot attempts at 5v5. Um, I know Tampa Bay had 61% of the scoring chances for, but high danger was completely even seven to seven. Um, the expected goals for at 5 5 was 1.58 for Pittsburgh, 1.54 for Tampa Bay. Um, the expected goals for percentage, Pittsburgh actually led in that category: 50.6 percent, 49.8%. Three percent there. Uh, if you go to all situations, Pittsburgh actually um, had the better of the play in some areas. Fifty-three percent of the shot attempts, um, including the power plays and stuff. Now Tampa Bay did lead in scoring chances for it at fifty-six point one percent. High danger. It was ten to eight in favor of Tampa Bay, but um, and they also did lead in expected goals for as well. Three point one to two point six three. So overall, it was a pretty close game. It was just the I think my biggest storyline is. One team's goalie played a bit average, and the other team's goalie played like we all know he can play at. And, you know, he is the best goaltender in the world. Of course, I'm talking about Andre Vasilevsky. Um, you know, it was, I guess, a fine performance from Tristan Jari. That first goal, beautiful move from Braden Point. I don't really think many goaltenders in this league are stopping that. I know it came 30 seconds in. It was kind of a bad pinch, I think, you know, obviously to let Point come in all alone. 30 seconds in this not ideal um but then you know the Pittsburgh was able to get such a great shift from that fourth line of Brian Boyle, Sam Lafferty, and Dominic Simone. I think it was around, what, a minute and a half, two minutes of zone time. They were getting some good looks on Vasilevsky, though Tim Bay was also blocking some shots as well. The crowd is getting into it. You can tell that PPG is definitely getting loud. And then, you know, five seconds later, Andre Palat comes down. You need your goalie to make a save, and Tristan was not able to do that. That is the one, I think, that he wants back and, you know, the one that, you know, I would want back if I was him and I know a lot of other fans on Penguin's Twitter and you know Facebook and Instagram were clamoring for him To want that back as well. The third one I'm not really going to roast him for. Um, That was a rocket of a shot from Ryan McDonough. There are not many goaltenders in this league I think that are going to save that. I know I saw some people uh, just tweeting high glove, high glove, high glove this, high glove that. You know, I'm tired of hearing that. You all know my thoughts on that in case you are new to this episode or new to this podcast excuse me. um, I think the high glove thing is just very lazy analysis from people and it's honestly where half of like the goals are scored in the NHL today, so I don't really pay attention to that kind of analysis. I think it's just kind of boring, but the second one, again, you need your goalie to make that save there. This was probably his worst game of the season. I know your goaltender is not going to be great every year. He, Tristan has been pretty good in all of his other starts. We'll have to hope that he gets back to that level um, on Thursday because a really good Flames team is going to be coming to PPG. That, that team is playing some Very good hockey right now. I'm going to try to talk to Jess Belmosu about that, potentially on Wednesday's episode or even Thursday's episode. But, you know, getting back to this game, I thought at the start, you know, Tristan was on his angles. He was being more aggressive. I thought in that instance he does need to be a bit aggressive. I didn't really like that he was too deep in his net there. You know, he needs to really come out and challenge Palat there because I think think if he does that, he is able to make that save. So, you know, that's just a goal that can't be given up, you know, because who knows what would have happened if Jari makes that save on plot, you know, the McDonald goal doesn't happen. You're up one, you're down only one nothing still, and you have a lot of momentum on your side. Again, you know, maybe Pittsburgh ties the game. Who knows? But it's still a shot that needs to be a save, especially after your fourth line of all lines just had a minute and a half to two-minute shift. Uh, That was, I I think, my biggest storyline of the game was goaltending. You know, Vasilevsky was just amazing. I mean, and this is what you're going to get from a player like him. I understand that the numbers for him this season are not that strong. I think it was like, what, two and three and one. I think, well, no, I think it was like two and two and one coming in, 8.93 save percentage, almost a goals against average of three. He was down a bit in goal, saved above expected, but you know that's not going to last for a full season. This guy's won the Vesna, he's won the Conn Smythe, he has a very big contract for a reason. He is the best goaltender in the league for a reason, and he played like it tonight. You know, Tampa Bay, I didn't really think was bringing it a lot to start the game, but he was able to keep his squad in the game and make some really big ten bell saves to keep Tampa Bay's lead intact. I know Pittsburgh had a couple of posts with Evan Rodriguez. I'm pretty sure Jason Zucker hit the post as well. Or That may have been Jake Gensel. But there was one that I remember, second period. He kind of loses the puck behind the net, out of position a little bit, Danton Heinen. Looks like he has a sure goal. Doesn't elevate it enough, but Vasilevsky still makes the save of the night right there. And Sometimes... That's what happens. The best player at his position is going to play his ass off on certain nights. Hell, most nights if you're someone like Vasilevsky and you just have to tip your cap to him and say, Hey, GG's in the chat. We'll get him next time. You know these two teams will play later on in the season to well for bragging rights because you know the winner will have uh, won the season series. But you know Vasilevsky was great. Um, Evan Rodriguez he just looked like he was shot out of a cannon. I think I saw him do a spinorama in the second period around a player, then got a good scoring chance. Um, hit the crossbar, post, whatever on the power play. I, it looked like that puck was going to go in. Just an awesome game from him, and he's is trying really hard right now to play his way. Into an everyday lineup spot, you know, had he had five points in the team's first five games, didn't record a point tonight, but he was very noticeable, I thought, on the ice and in both zones. There was a back check, I think, when the Penguins were on the penalty kill. I want to say this was the first period, and I think it was Matthew Joseph coming in, and Rodriguez was able to get back there. This was after I think. Um, I want to say it was one of Marino or Dumoulin that disrupted him and Rodriguez was able to come back and stop Joseph again. Just a ridiculously great defensive play, excuse me. And, you know, the eye test is definitely matching up with his numbers this season. So, um, this comes courtesy of Natural Stratrick and Jesse Marshall, who posted this on his Twitter this morning. There are 298 forwards in the league that have played at least 50 minutes of even strength action this season, so 5v5. This is where Evan Rodriguez ranks among those 298 forwards, in case you all did not see the stat. In shot attempts against at 5v5, he's number one among all the forwards. Expected goals against number sixth. scoring chances against 14th, and then actual goals for percentage. Tied for first at 100%. He has had a hell of a start to the season, and I understand that he's playing with better linemates, and we probably would want to see this when he goes back down to playing third and fourth line minutes, but the fact that he's doing this to start the season is a really good sign, and I think he's definitely been a player that some people have overreacted to a lot, and I've always thought that he's been a good playmaker. I remember last season for this team, I said, you know, if it's him or Zahorna, I really won't Care though, I thought Rodriguez had the edge over him, and I'm starting to come around a little more on Rodriguez this year, despite this team being so deep. If they ever freaking get healthy, um, just another great game from him, and I'm really curious to see what he does moving forward. I thought Jason Zucker had a really nice game as well, got that goal to break Vasilevsky shutout to 4 1. I believe that is what his third goal of the season. Our nice Jewish boy getting that tally. And I thought he was all over the ice tonight. I really think you're going to see him score a lot more when um, both of the top six centers come back. I'm not really sure what Sullivan is going to do When both are back, just because he's been a great fit on both lines, but I would like to see him play with Sid. You know, I was actually having a talk with one of the uh, the listeners of the show in my DMs last night, and you know, just talking about lines when the team gets healthy. And I wholeheartedly agree. I would love to see Zulker reunited with Sid, just because of the magic they had when Jason originally came over from Minnesota. Twelve points in those uh, first fifteen games of the regular season, and then the playoffs while playing on Sid's line was one of their best players. I think and scored in two. Two of the four games. So, I thought I saw some really good effort from him tonight. I thought John Marino looked really crisp with his skating. He was firing a lot of pucks on net. Um, I will say, shout out to the Lightning players for blocking a lot of shots. That was one of the main things I was noticing during this game as well. Uh, There's not a lot of shooting lanes. You know, I really think John Cooper um, coached his squad up well for this one because there were a lot of opportunities for Pittsburgh that did not get to Vasilevsky that could have, but you know their their defense and their forwards were able to block a lot of shots. So kudos to them for that. I thought Jake Gensel was fine. Danton Heinen looked good. Sam Lafferty, yeah, well, we're going to get to that coming up in the next segment with what happened in the first period. and Obviously, I'm going to touch on the officiating as well and a whole lot more that came out of this game. But overall, just to end this segment, no, it is not the end of the world. Sometimes a team loses in regulation. They are so banged up right now, it's not even funny. And the fact that they are three and one and two through through their first six games is nothing short of a miracle. I would have taken this if the team was fully healthy. And I will surely take it now when the team has half of their forward group basically missing and their top defenseman as well. So as I just teased, coming up in the next segment, we are going to go over some of the officiating miscues that I didn't really care for in this game. Sam Lafferty just being a punching bag for Ryan McDonough and a few other Tampa Bay players. Um, and a whole lot more. Um, Before we do get to that, though, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract, so stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Now, BetOnline is back and better than ever. They have a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. Alright, welcome back here to this episode of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at LO, underscore Penguins. Um, I guess let's just go into the officiating. Um, pretty big joke, <laughs> I think, if you ask me. Um, I saw Chad from the Mad Chad and Eddie show of DK Pittsburgh's work, tweet this out. I've also... Always said this on this podcast numerous times. In case this is your first one, um, I think the NHL officials are the worst of the four major sports. Um, I know MLB has their problems, and you see the calls for robo ums I know the NFL clearly has their problems as well as well, with what is a catch, what is pass interference. NBA, I will say, I, I won't, I don't watch as much. Though college basketball's refs are also pretty bad too. But the NHLs, they always like to make everything about themselves. And they are way too inconsistent. I mean, that Brock McGinn situation, you know, he fires the puck off Vasilevsky. It's literally on his shoulder going down, and then it's poked in. I, I don't remember who poked it in. I want to say it looked like it was Bluger there for a second, but the ref just blows it dead before the puck comes down from the shoulder, that can't happen. And, you know, I obviously remember just about a week ago when Mike Sullivan was pretty, you know, animated as we all were when the ref didn't stop play when the Penguins were up 4-2 against the Panthers and Ekblad was able able to fire the puck in the net to make it 4-3. I don't know how the ref saw the puck there and didn't stop play, but yet he couldn't see the puck here when it was on Vasilevsky's shoulder. I just don't understand it. There needs to be more accountability and more consistency with NHL officiating. It's just, it's a tire fire every season. I wish I was surprised. Um, I never will be. There's a play later in the game that Brock McGinn got a penalty for literally doing nothing. I mean, he... Got attacked by one of the Tampa Bay players, pushed back, and then the Tampa Bay player pushed back him, and then they're only taking Brock McGinn. So I guess that was just a makeup call for what happened before. Um, You saw a lot of Tampa Bay players having filled diapers in the first period because Sam Lafferty went after Ryan McDonough on a perfectly clean hit. That is another thing that I hate. Within this sport, and don't get me wrong, I love carving the Penguins. I love watching hockey. You know, I've, I've loved the sport for so many years. But if there's one thing that really grinds my gears, uh, just to steal a reference from Family Guy, it's that you know, grown men are going after other grown men because of a clean hit. I really don't understand. You know, Lafferty was able to dish McDonough up a little bit. I always have said I hated fighting, but there's just no reason for McDonough to do that. I mean, you got hit cleanly. Take it, move on. You don't have to go after him and attack him because you ended up being shorthanded after that. I understand the Lightning won the game, so in the end, they can kind of just laugh about it. But still, man, like, just, I, I don't really understand that at all. Just move on. You don't need to take a penalty for the sake of taking a penalty. There were a few other strums. I think I saw Corey Perry doing Corey Perry things. That's just, you know, that's him in a nutshell. But for some reason, you know, the Lightning players were pretty animated I want to say in the first period I don't know if it was because they got embarrassed by the Sabres the night before or if it was just because of their slow start but definitely a lot of players were acting like some children in that game which you know I never really understood at all and okay here's a little bit of breaking news as I'm recording this so Dejon Kovacevic um tweets this was Teddy Bluger just talked to the media I, I'm going to say this I'm sure you all will gasp when you when you hear me say this Teddy Bluger says the refs told the Penguins that the waved off goal would have counted if Brock McGinn hadn't touched it at all. Um, I don't understand what that means because they blew it dead because they couldn't see it. So how can you say that the goal would have counted if McGinn hadn't touched it Yet your reasoning for not calling it a goal was because you couldn't see the puck with the intent to blow. You know, it was obviously kind of like a Colton Sissons situation from 2017 in the Stanley Cup Final. Um, this might be one of the stupidest explanations I have ever seen from an NHL ref. Um, and not saying something just because these guys are so terrible at their jobs, but um, that just doesn't even make any sense. I'm trying. To piece this together and see where the logic comes from, I can't. If any of you have any logic to th- this statement, please DM me at Hunter Hodes on my Twitter and L O underscore Penguins on the show's Twitter. Um, that might have been one of the dumbest things I've ever heard said again from an NHL official. So I thought I would pass that on to you all uh, towards the end of this segment. But again, you know, going back, so that just goes to show again the officiating in this game was garbage, and sometimes that's what you're going to get. From officials on some nights, it's worse than others. Tonight, you know, it it was one of those nights. And, you know, for some reason, I don't know why some Tampa Bay players were acting like their diapers were filled um, at the beginning of the game. You know, there were definitely portions of this game where it looked like the Penguins were the team playing last night and not Tampa Bay, but you knew they were going to push. They were embarrassed last night by the Sabres. This has not been a strong start to the season for the Lightning. You know, they're without any to to Kucherov. I think the latest rumor I saw from him from Joe Smith of The Athletic this morning was the next eight weeks, so he's on LTIR. It doesn't look like they're going to do what they did last season and keep him out until the playoffs. I think this is going to be a situation where you see him back potentially around the time uh, when Evgeny Malkin comes back, though Gino could be tracking to be back um, a bit sooner at this point. Before we do get to our next segment, which uh, that will be some listener takeaways from you. I always appreciate um, y'all sending these in. I like doing them every once in a while. Um, Again, Kasperi Kapanen, I don't know what the heck is going on there, but we got to get something more out of him. I mean, on the power play, even strength. I saw him fumbling the puck on his stick numerous times tonight. His skating was off. His shot is going way wide every single time, just not even putting anything on net. Um, It has been a rough start to the season. I just don't think his confidence is there. I mean, he just doesn't look comfortable at any point on the ice. I mean, you know, sure, his two-way game has improved. You know, his defensive numbers are actually um, among some of the team's best forwards-wise, but offensively, this is nowhere near the player that we saw last season and the people that said that he was going to score 30 goals this season. I mean, I thought he was going to score 20 to 25. I don't know if I was at 30, but you know, the people that said 30 coming out of preseason training camp, you, um, it's definitely looking a bit rough right now because he really was one of their best players during that time, but for whatever reason, he just has not been able to put together. So um, he needs to find his confidence and he needs to find it fast. Drew O'Connor, another really strong strong game. I think he also hit the post on a shot tonight um, but he was flying out there. He continues to uh, make a push to be in this lineup on an every night basis if this team ever gets healthy. I am just loving what I am seeing right now out of O'Connor and I also tweeted this, you know, during that sequence when the Lightning scored two goals in 10 seconds to go up 3-0 and basically end the game. I will always say it. This sport is the devil's sport when sequences like that happen. It is so frustrating when you're dominating a team right after they scored on you, minute and a half to two-minute shift. Next shift, they come right back, score on a little mini-breakaway, and then they get another goal, and it's just like, you know, that's just – that, that's life sometimes, but you know all you can do is really move on. You have a big matchup against the Calgary Flames coming up on Thursday, and if there's any indication, it looks like Sid is getting closer. He was taking a lot of face-offs during the morning skate this morning. I would imagine that he will practice with the team on Wednesday. Maybe we'll see him do line rushes, maybe not, but um, his return looks to be pretty imminent. I'm not going to go out. On a game basis, and say which game home will definitely return at, unless Mike Sullivan declares him a game time decision for that one on Thursday. Once he does that, then I'll be pretty comfortable saying that we will see the return of Sid. There was also some, up, some updates this morning. It sounds like because Jeff Carter's remained asymptomatic to COVID-19, he might be coming off the protocol later this week and could be available to play uh, later this week and uh, towards the weekend as well. So that's good news there. Um, Coming up in the next segment, we will do some listener takeaways. I always love doing these, so thank you all again for sending these in. Before we do that, though, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The price is all right below for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, mortar oil, and even new carpet. You can go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck, and you can write Locked On in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable right prices, all the parts you car ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So- Let's get into some of these listener takeaways. We will start here with Isaac Emerson. The kids are shot back to reality. Luck were not, was not on the Penguins' side today. The pucks management was not that good, but I'm still happy with how this team is performing without the big guns. Yeah, I mean, you're always going to have games like this when you're so shorthanded. Um, you know, five of your best forwards, basically. Your top defenseman is out. You know, you're relying on Jake Ensel, Kisperi Captain, and a few others to carry you against the two-time defending champions who are pretty pissed off. Um, I'm not surprised in the slightest um, that this happened. Yeah, the luck was definitely not on the side as well. When you hit two or three posts and you have the best goaltender on the planet playing, like the best goaltender on the planet, stuff like this will happen. I did not like, uh, I I didn't mention this either, and thank you for bringing up the puck management. I did not like how many odd man rushes there were. I, I wanted to say I counted six to eight of them. That's unacceptable. That's not something you want to see, especially when you're playing a team as talented as the lightning, you know, that's been an issue in the past. It really hasn't been for a lot of the season, but you know, it's something that we don't want to see moving forward. So thank you for bringing up the puck management point. I really appreciate that. It was also something that I did not like. That's for sure. Um, Jackson Hollister says, can't win them all. Also, can't be mad at how the boys played. They had great chances that were saved by Vasilevsky and a couple off the posts. Yes, we didn't play amazing, but it happens. Also, have to remember that we didn't have, yep, Sid, Gino, Russ, Carter, and Latay. Yeah, I mean, you basically, I've been saying that all show, Jackson. I'm glad you were able to agree. Um, I'm not going to go to bed mad. I don't think any fan should go to bed mad. You know, I understand that people may blame Tristan Jari a little too much, but, you know, I think two of those three goals were... Um, Not savable. Obviously, you want that second one back, but you know, Tampa Bay was starting to warm to the task a little bit, you know, during that second period as well. You know, even before Pittsburgh had that big shift, I I thought Tampa Bay was playing decently well, even though Pittsburgh was matching them a little bit. But you know, when you run into a team that good, um, with a goalie that can stand on his head every night. This is what you get sometimes. And yes, at least the Penguins did not get shut out. Good boy. A good nice Jewish boy, Jason Zucker, was able to score to get that out of here. Nick says 8 out of 12 points without the big guns is pretty good. Everyone's saying this team had to keep their head above water. They have done that and more. Yeah, 100%, man. You know, 3-1-2 and one and two to start the year. 8 out of 12 points, as you just said. Um, I would have taken that if the team was fully healthy, and I will fully take that when this team is so banged up. Yeah, Zulker's been awesome. I know everyone wants Sid back as well. You, I think there's a decent chance he could be back on Thursday if he has a full practice and does line rushes and everything. Tomorrow, takes full contact, but we'll have to see on on that, and yes, Nick, I definitely agree, Casper Captain has been uh, pretty garbage to start the season, as I just talked about. Um Alan Teodor, again, keeping up with the theme, they were due for a dud, you knew exactly how the game was going to go when Rock McGinn scored, but got called back, yeah. I, I really do not understand that, it's just, you know, the explanation that Teddy Bluger gave that I ran on the show about a few minutes ago made no sense at all. I really, do. I, I, I've been thinking about it for the last you know 5 to 10 minutes and I, I can't there's there's no actual logic to it so i'm just going to leave it at that i think and then This comes from someone new, Link Hogthrob. Our AHL team can't be the reigning NHL champions playing at a high level all the time. Take the ass whooping and learn and move on. That might have been the comment of the year or the listener comment of the year. So thank you so much for sending that in. You know, take the whooping and learn and move on. That is just, yeah, that's basically what the Penguins need to do. I'm sure they'll be better on Thursday against Calgary. So we'll have to see what happens there. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. We'll have another one coming Coming out tomorrow might be a crossover with Jess Belmosto of Locked On Flames. We'll have to see. But um, in any case, we will have a full Flames preview uh, on tomorrow's episode. And then Thursday, it'll likely be a game recap episode coming up to you all um, after the game. And then Friday, we will do a preview for the game against the Devils on Saturday. So that is it for the rest of the week. Um, Again, thank you all so much for listening. And we will talk again on Wednesday.